independent thought, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about for sure. Unfortunately, the continued conversation about uh, the school shooting last week, uh, the horrific school shooting last week, uh, continues to be something that uh, I think is still on many of our minds. Uh, sometimes these sort of things fall into the background of conversations or, or I guess, uh, move on to the next news story, whatever it might be. Uh, this one, and, and oftentimes I think we say this, hopefully is different. Uh, and I don't mean that in the sense that I'm trying to advocate for a specific solution. I just want to be clear. Uh, every time we, we hear uh, that kind of talk, I think we immediately jump the gun to the next thing. Uh, jump to the next thing, I should say. Um, but uh, jump to guns. I could say as well, and banning guns and gun control, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, let's move on to this. Uh, two different things have gone viral in the last 24 hours. Uh, the 911 call from a kid in the room uh, is something that there is audio uh, out there on the Internet. You can find it uh, if you'd like. Uh, but more importantly to me, uh, and that's certainly a significant thing in the world of, of uh, I guess, the, the horrible massacre, the horrible um, events on that Tuesday itself, uh, but the fact that 911 did relay this information to the cops uh, in Uvalde, this conversation has been evolving pretty much since I would say Thursday, a couple days after the actual events themselves and some of the initial reporting uh, all wound up having to be changed. Uh, the initial reporting was that there was a school resource officer in front of the school, confronted the shooter, uh, no bullets exchanged, and somehow the shooter got into the school. That wasn't true. Uh, there was a door propped open we didn't know about. And then, of course, um, Governor Abbott, who is now also upset, uh, for anyone that doesn't know his connection to this, uh, said that police rushed right in to try to save lives. 77 minutes actually uh, passed before uh, the police actually breached that room. Anyway, all of this is to say that I think one of the biggest questions is why. Why did the police captain choose the person in charge of of, of this on the scene uh, choose to hold his officers back, choose to even tell the people who did actually breach that door, uh, the elite Border Patrol agents, to also uh, stand back. Uh, and they just decided to defy the order. Uh, but this audio shows that even the 911 calls coming in from the kids inside the room were being relayed back to police. Uh, it's interesting the way this is captured, by the way. But if you can't hear it very well, I'll do my best to try to tell you what's going on. Uh, but the way in which this is captured is someone is taping what is going on at the school, kids running out of the classrooms that are uh, having windows broken and getting kids out in the rest of the school, and they're standing next to a police vehicle, which is relaying the information. The 911, office, the 911 operator can be heard over the police, um, the, uh, the police radio telling them what's going on. 911 operators are on the phone with a student trapped in a classroom that the gunman had entered. So not just uh, saying full of victims, but saying that there are still several kids alive within that classroom, uh, saying that this student is in the classroom. Uh, this student continued to call back throughout the totality of the 77 or so minutes uh, that they are left in the schoolroom with the shooter. Uh, these questions deserve to be asked, as I've been saying, uh, filling in for Chad this week. Uh, and for anyone that feels as though, uh, and I, I definitely want to say this because I feel 
like I am one of these individuals. And actually, Uvalde apparently is a very back the blue uh, type of place. Uh, but I am I'm certainly someone who believes that we need to support our law enforcement. Uh, we need to do it. Uh, I want to take a second uh, step aside um, and just say this. We need to support law enforcement because of our expectation in this country. We expect officers to willingly give their lives or at least put their lives at risk to save us, to save people in, in moments of need, and certainly to save children inside a classroom that's being attacked by a gunman. Uh, these are things that our country has come to expect. So because of that, because of that expectation, we need to support police. We need to say on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly, but whatever you want it to be, I would encourage you as much as often uh, to say how special those individuals are who choose to serve and protect our community. And we need to do away with a lot of the things that have been going on in our society, a lot of the defund the police type of things or, or hatred toward police, because to expect them to save our lives and to hate them the way that some, uh, whether it's in, in media seem to do or some uh, certainly on social media seem to do, and at times even some politicians sound as though, I don't know if hate's the right word, but sound as though uh, they lean into that criticism. Uh, those things make that job even harder. But, and I think cops would agree with this, when law enforcement does not do the job they're expected to do, the job that they are proud to say that they are willing to do, law enforcement itself uh, becomes one of the um, places that w is willingly critical of these type of actions. Actually, a lot of the officers involved in this, as I said, I think on yesterday's show, uh, are upset. They felt like cowards while they were standing in that classroom hallway or that school hallway. Uh, they were as mad as it seems the city of Uvalde and a lot of us here in the country will wind up being uh, as this response continues to be uh, proven out. Uh, all right. Well, one other thing I want to shift to, and it's not a fun thing, but I do want to talk about it. It was on with Fox and Friends today. Uh, a discussion broke out um, at one point on the show. They were, of course, talking about um, the things that we always keep talking about here. Uh, but then they actually uh, transitioned the conversation to all of these copycat things that you might have heard about on online or you might have heard about on the news. Uh, several kids, well, not all, teenagers, 18 adults, I guess you can call them uh, in some scenarios. One was a 10-year-old, though, got arrested in the last few days for threatening on social media to be a copycat killer, to do the same thing. One kid, the 10-year-old, uh, which I don't think is actually in this piece of audio I have, uh, was arrested and had a photo of actual weapons. Um, another kid, 18 years old, who got arrested, actually had airsoft guns. They weren't actually real guns, but the same thing put up a threat on social media. Uh, I think that individual said, hey, Siri, where's the nearest school? And so Fox News simply asked the question, what is wrong with children today? What is wrong? What is the holdup? What is the problem? Why is this something that we see more and more of from either a mental health uh, situation or even social media? I have to be honest, um, and I'm sure you've thought this too, the fact that the shooter in Uvalde posted things to social media while he was doing the horrific things he was doing um, or uh, just before he was doing some of the things he was doing, uh, all of those decisions demonstrate this desire for those who are truly, truly evil and or just mentally in a place that, that not many of us will ever get to, not many of us will ever be as sick mentally as that individual was, um, that is somehow enhanced by the availability of social media to make it feel as though you are 
going to be known for the horrific crimes you're committing. I think that's part of the reason why all of these uh, individuals, 18 to 10, uh, that got picked up, that got arrested for threatening copycat crimes, put their threat up on social media. But here is the end result of that conversation on Fox News uh, where the hosts are describing or talking about, and I think it's actually specifically Will Cain that's doing this, why why this is something that's happening in our society and what we can do to actually address it. Because it's not guns themselves that would be causing this amount of, of mentally illness, the mental illness that exists uh, within young people. And our problem is clearly deeper than the gun. Look at these threats. What's going on? What's going on with young people? And I just asked this morning because just anecdotally, it was starting to add up to me, accumulate. And in the past, what's it been now? A week? A week. Last Tuesday. It, 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 this 10 credible threats across the United States of kids threatening to do something to shoot up a school. And they they go from from Massachusetts to California. They're all across the country. They're always young men um, and, and they're 18 years old down to 10 years old. I mean, I can, Richardson, Texas, Cape Cod, Queens, um, another in Florida, as we pointed out, Michigan, you name it. This is happening across our country. What sickness? What sickness is driving this insanity? I am not trying to say I want to be uh, clear about this. I think sometimes I lose myself in my own points, uh, which is why it's so great that I do radio. Um, I'm not trying to say that social media alone is the catalyst to the uh, mental illness that seems to exist in the individuals who are capable of this kind of horrific action, uh, like the person was last week, or even people who are going to uh, threat and make jokes. Uh, I don't even want to call them jokes, uh, but put these things up on social media uh, themselves as well to scare people. Um, I don't think that that alone causes someone to be um, in a place like that in their mind. But I do think that social media, for whatever reason, encourages those uh, to believe that when they do commit this horrible thing, and it's part of the, the part of what we talked about media for a while uh, after some of these shootings, to to no longer name the shooters, to no longer really give out a bunch of information. Uh, I think I said this, too. Uh, the mother of the, the shooter in Uvalde has been speaking out. I don't give a crap what she has to say. I'm sorry. I just don't give a crap what she has to say. Uh, if all the uh, things she was saying, if it was very simplistic, I am so sorry to the victims for the, the horrible, terrible things uh, my son has done. I guess that would be all right. Although, again, it's not really necessary to hear from that person. Uh, that's not what she's saying. So I will relay none of that information on the show. And I'm annoyed uh, that that person keeps getting interviewed uh, place after place. But I, I just will say this one last time is uh, that ability for your actions to be known throughout the country or throughout the world, I think, uh, plays into the desire uh, that people would have to then do these things. We can remove that. We need to remove that from the equation. Uh, and social media needs to be a, a tremendous tremendous part of doing that, of preventing these sort of things from being things that can go viral or be talked about. We need to know about them. I'm glad that the credible threats throughout our country that were discovered via social media ended up in, in kids getting arrested, or in this case, teenagers or adults, 18 uh, and such, getting arrested for even threatening this sort of thing. Uh, some of the perpetrators actually video by cops put up of them doing the perp walk. That should be discouraging. That should be a deterrent to anyone else even joking about this sort of thing, to knowing that you will uh, be in lots and lots of trouble for it. You will be um, accused of, and you will go to trial for significant, significant crimes. Um, but I think more still needs to be done to make sure that people just don't have access to this uh, whenever someone does try to do it. And that is, again, something that social media is going to have to play a large part in. 
and they seem to not be willing all the time uh, to uh, play well uh, with, well, our government. All right, quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show, but it doesn't matter uh, when I'm filling in or not. Uh, Chad is one of the hardest working guys in radio. Uh, He works even when he has a day off. Here he is with an important message about Eden Pure. Eden is great. And I'm telling you guys right now. So uh, for those of you who don't know, my, my father-in-law passed away. We we have two houses and my mother-in-law, we decided, well, we're going to move over there uh, because we've got extra bedrooms and things. So we did. And he was a smoker and you could smell it. And Eden Pure said, hey, try this stuff that we got. Right. And I said, OK, what is it? They said, it's amazing. OK, it's called the Oxyleaf 2 Thunderstorm. It is incredible. Within minutes, it smelt like it was a thunderstorm, if you will. And lo and behold, you can't tell anybody's ever smoked in the house. Other great thing, plug it straight in. No filters, super quiet. 150,000 sold, takes up zero floor space, and no filters. Love it. Right now, save 200 by using code CHAD3. That's 200 bucks savings on the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. Get full coverage for your kitchen, your home, everywhere you want to get rid of odors. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in discount code CHAD3 to save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code CHAD3. Shipping is free. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back tomorrow. Um, A customer in Pennsylvania walked into a Burger King, looked around and realized there was absolutely no one working inside the Burger King. Uh, I don't think these stories are all that great i gotta be i mean i'm amused by it i'm gonna laugh about it and i'm gonna play some audio in a second uh but it appears as though uh and i assume this is mostly young people as employees they just blow off jobs now they're just like all right i don't want this job anymore i don't like it for whatever the reasons may be uh whether they're good or bad reasons whether they think they're being taken advantage of or they actually are being taken advantage of but more and more young people are just like yeah quitting giving two weeks notice that's not a thing not a thing we have to do the great resignation is getting crazier and crazier at times. Uh, and also, I see viral uh, sharing of back and forth interactions between employees who quit jobs and employers that they're accusing of being uh, overly uh, demanding. Uh, what I think is interesting about sharing that stuff is if you're trying to get a new job in the future, uh, your current employer or your prospective employer is going to be worried about you, no matter how right you were, no matter how good you feel about the situation that you are sharing with the world. You are essentially embarrassing the company you used to work for. Uh, even if it's a good employer uh, that is thinking about hiring you next, they're not sure they want an employee quite like that. I will again admit or, or try to tell you uh, those that need it, this is the PSA moment in the show, uh, that that's probably still a bad idea, even if it goes viral. Uh, but anyway, uh, the reason I bring this up is that this guy, as I said, in Pennsylvania, walked into a Burger King that was utterly empty and then left in frustration. Walks in, he's like, hey, nobody? There's nobody here. The doors are open. The Burger King appears to be uh, open, but uh, it is it is going to be me cooking these patties in the back if I'm actually buying myself anything. Showed up to this Burger King on Noblestown Road, and there is nobody in here. Nobody in here. Went to the drive-thru, nothing. Anybody here? <laughs> Hello? 
Yeah, and as I said, apparently in this one specific case, I guess we have more information now, only one employee showed up for their shift. Everybody else had not come in that day. So just one person is standing there and they're like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. And then they left and went home. So, and I, I get that part, uh, by the way. I feel like you probably should have called the boss, uh, called whoever the managers are, called any of the people you need to, but not wanting to try to run the Burger King alone is something I do comprehend. And I actually, I had a, a similar experience recently to this. I'll try to tell this very quickly. I went to an establishment. Uh, there were only two total people uh, inside the store. Two is achievable, though. So one was taking all the orders. The other was doing all the uh, creation of food, a fast food restaurant. I'm not naming it on purpose. And at the end of it, I'm just like, hey, I know this took a long time, and I know you guys seem super busy. And so I'm, I'm sorry that things seem so tough. And I gave them an extra little tip. Nothing insane, but a little extra tip for their time. Because they did seem frustrated. They, did, they didn't seem like uh, employees that were uh, going to be having a good day or even going to be putting out a great amount of service. Uh, but they at least they were there, uh, which was honestly something I was impressed by uh, anytime young people dedicate themselves. All right, quick break, a lot more. Greg Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, sometimes when we have conversations, uh, you have... the well, Okay, I'm going to say this uh, differently. Very seldomly when we have conversations, when politicians specifically have these conversations, these, these big giant, um, we need to do something or what exactly do we do to actually fix a problem? Uh, very seldom they talk honestly. <laughs> they have uh, genuinely valuable things to say. Uh, they say those things in a way that actually we can all understand and trust uh, that it's all accurate information, then a whole lot of times they they just lie. They just tell a complete and utter lie after complete and utter lie. Uh, our president today, or in the last 24 hours, I think this might have been yesterday, uh, talks about uh, how nine millimeter bullets uh, blow out uh, uh, the lungs in people's bodies and there's no reason to have them. Uh, he also has mentioned several times that cannons are something that were not allowed to be owned uh, back when the Second Amendment first be was a thing. Uh, that part, totally lie. That second thing, utterly untrue. And I have a, a uh, Fox uh, News correspondent, an expert, uh, a former lawyer, uh, Jonathan Turley. Uh, I have audio of him that I'll play in a second. Uh, but I do want to play the president saying that uh, a nine millimeter bullet, um, and I, I understand that it actually is a, a significant uh, a difference in the, the types of, of things that we have uh, available to us in our society as far as guns and ammunition go. Uh, however, I do think that more and more uh, this conversation is leaning in the direction where you'll you'll make no progress. Well, you'll start to talk about banning too many things uh, going too far. And are you even actually fixing the problem? Another of the things that the Fox expert is going to weigh in on. Uh, but the thing about the cannons is uniquely odd. And it's even a weird thing to argue. I'll be honest. Like, I think we're no longer in a place where we're driving toward valuable solutions 
when one side is arguing that you couldn't own a cannon back in the day and the other side is like, yeah, you could, we're, we're no longer in a great place. But first, here's the president. And they showed me an x-ray. He said a 22 caliber bullet will lodge in a lung. And we can probably get it out. We may be able to get it and save the life. A 9 millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body. So the idea of these high-caliber weapons is of simply no rational basis for it. The no rational basis for it moment is really interesting, too. Canada just decided to uh, put a temporary hold on buying handguns. Uh, and they said the same thing. Uh, Trudeau, with the same position, that there's no reason for an everyday Canadian to own a gun. Uh, they're wrong about that. Obviously, self-defense, one of the most valuable reasons. The story of the woman uh, just last week, it happened at the same time or around the same time as the horrific events in Uvalde happened. And yet not getting a lot of coverage, not getting talked about often. Uh, a woman at a party uh, with a concealed carry license with a handgun at her side uh, winds up um, stopping someone with an AR-15 style weapon from doing uh, mass uh, damage, from from taking the lives of many people. Uh, that individual, the person she shot, had gotten upset, had gone inside of their home, came out with a gun uh, that they fired off a few rounds of, and then uh, this woman shot him dead. Uh, that is self-defense. Uh, since we have the availability online, uh, since there was a discussion in the Uvalde case, even though he wasn't actually wearing body armor itself, no plates uh, in the um, uh, jacket that he was wearing, uh, people could put those things on and they could attack you. So there, there are reasons to have more advanced types of weapons or at least ammunition still to protect yourself from others that want to do you harm. Uh, so that narrative is crazy. Uh, but then beyond it, the whole cannon thing is just uniquely, uniquely odd. Now, here is Fox News contributor and law, uh, uh, law professor Jonathan Turley uh, talking about how this takes away from, as I said, the value of these conversations, pushing toward progress or pushing toward change becomes more difficult when you lie during the conversation and the other side has to fact check you. You know, people want to suggest that, you know, you can simply legislate away gun violence. That's not going to happen. There's 400 million weapons in this country, 15 million of which are estimated to be AR-15s. But it also is a fact that when we banned uh, assault weapons uh, for uh, that earlier period, there was not an appreciable decrease in gun violence associated with it. So we can have what the president calls a common sense discussion but we need to be able to deal with it on a factual rather than yes, purely rhetorical yes. way and it's got to start with the president he today he repeated a clearly false statement about the history of the second amendment many of us have repeatedly said that his statement that you could not own a cannon or other weapons when the Second Amendment was ratified is untrue. Even the Washington Post admitted it's untrue. And yet the president keeps on repeating that. You know, to be fair, I will say this, uh, um, Professor Turley, uh, Jonathan Turley, the Fox uh, News contributor you heard there a second ago, uh, the president lies about a bunch of stuff, uh, even his own history. He makes things up. He talks about all kinds of uh, things he's done. I think he's been a truck driver before. Uh, there's several other examples. Uh, and this stuff is just untrue as well. Uh, but but it is a valuable part of realizing how we even get close to moving forward on anything. Find common ground. We need to do two things. One thing that'll make some uncomfortable and one thing that'll make others uncomfortable. Uh, one is we need to absolute, absolutely, excuse me, understand 
every aspect of why something happened. Why did all the mitigation measures that are put in place not actually protect the children in Uvalde? Uh, and we know some of those answers. Uh, we know that a teacher propped open a door behind the school, and that's the one the, the shooter got into. We know the resource officer was not on the grounds, and when he sped back to try to uh, confront the shooter, he didn't see him. He drove right past him as the shooter was hiding behind his car at that point uh, and wound up in the back of the school where a teacher was, believing the teacher to be the shooter. Uh, and then, obviously, of course, that situation ends with with no prevention of the, the student from getting into the school, the the 18-year-old shooter. I keep calling him a student, and I don't want to do that. Um, and then he gets into a classroom, and, of course, as you know, the rest of the story, even more horrific, and cops wait 77 minutes to breach the door. All of those things are conversations that we need to keep having, need to keep understanding why, uh, even as kids are calling 911, and 911 is now, we have proof of that, relaying the information to officers uh, the kids are alive in the classroom and kids are asking for the cops to come in to help them. And they still do not. I did see one other thing, by the way, I guess just quickly, if I'm mentioning this and then I'm going to move on uh, to something else. Um, I saw a take about this, this police chief in Uvalde um, and the way in which society, uh, certainly the community, but society as a whole will probably turn on that individual, uh, probably have a lot of outrage directed at that human being. And even though I think that that person definitely made the wrong decision, uh, there, there is a, a reason, I would assume, uh, to believe that that person didn't want the lives of any children to be lost. I, I think that's a fairly simplistic statement. Uh, and for whatever reason, they chose to, to tell the officers at the scene to do things a way that they shouldn't have done things. And they likely um, uh, caused more harm uh, in that period where they waited than they needed to. Um, however, many different things might have changed if kids could have been saved, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there is an interesting component now to how we will be angrier. Um, and this is the take I saw on social media, angrier at this this police officer for the decision-making that they made, more so than the shooter who committed the crime and is now dead. And that is obviously wrong. Uh, the person who chose to arm themselves with, with weapons, uh, go into a school and take the lives of 19 children and two adults, uh, that person deserves our vitriol. They deserve our, our hate. Uh, they deserve for us to speak out about how anybody else who does anything like that uh, will not be someone that will be remembered for any valuable reason, uh, but someone that is truly to be uh, believed to be evil um, in every sense of the word. Uh, we cannot misdirect the, where the anger is most deserved. I'm not saying not to be angry at law enforcement, by the way, in this situation specifically. Uh, I've been critical of them as I've been filling in on this show. Uh, but it, it does seem to be true that I think some may go so far. And I'm not talking to the parents in Uvalde. I have no message for you other than uh, do what it is you need to do to figure out how to how to move on after the, the horrific um, things that have changed in your life. Uh, but for the rest of us, for society at large, I think it does matter sometimes uh, to realize where our anger is actually coming from and who deserves it the most, at least the extent of it uh, that might now be... Um, provided to or, or, or targeted at people who probably don't deserve the amount of rage uh, that we will be we will be giving them. Uh, that's at least my two cents on that. All right. One other thing I want to talk about, just a quick thing I want to transition to. Uh, Norm McDonald recently passed away. Uh, Norm McDonald, a comedian that I very much like, thought was very, very funny, especially in interviews he would do, uh, I guess specifically with Conan O'Brien, but with a lot of people uh, in the world of television. Even his own show uh, was funny for some time. Uh, he did something I think we've seen almost never, if ever, 
in the world of comedy. He recorded a complete dry run of his next stand-up bit, uh, a bit that he is he had planned to do as a special, uh, but obviously having passed away before he was able to tape it, uh, something tremendously unique. Uh, he recorded this, though, and we have uh, a little bit of it, a little bit of audio to play. The entire special now up on Netflix. I, I haven't seen it. I want to see it. Uh, but this is just remarkable that we have a stand-up special he worked tremendously hard on. And then actually the thing he called it even more interesting uh, when asked while he was in the hospital uh, talking to his loved ones about whether or not they still had a copy of this, uh, something that he had made just in case. Uh, he got so sick that he he wouldn't be able to actually put this out into the world. They asked him what he wanted to title it. He said nothing special. So it's called Norm McDonald, Nothing Special. Here's a little bit. I love doing gigs and I miss it, you know, especially casinos. Those were my favorite gigs because I'm a degenerate gambler, as it turns out. <laughs> and I think the casinos know that. Often they'll pay me in chips, which I find <laughs> that's that's not nice. I, you might not love his delivery if you're not a Norm fan, uh, but if you are a Norm fan, you probably thought that was as great as I did. Uh, he finds out he's a degenerate gambler because he does uh, a stand-up inside casinos, and he gets paid in chips, and that's not nice. There's just something about this man. Uh, I am sad um, still that he is no longer with us. Uh, I am uniquely, oddly to say it, thrilled that there is one more special to watch uh, from Norm McDonald. All right, a quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Even though Chad is off, uh, he is the hardest working guy in radio. Here he is with another important message. Day is here. Give dad what he wants. Dads want steaks. That's right. New package from Omaha Steaks. $99 limited time package. 16 amazing, incredible mouth-watering entrees. He's going to love each and every one of them. From me, yes, the smoky tender bacon red filet. Mm, I've only got two of those left. I've eaten them through all of the stuff. I just want to tell you guys that. To the gourmet jumbo franks and the air shield boneless chicken breast. Oh, and by the way, a little bit of sweetness. Caramel apple tartlets. The kids already ate those. And eight free Omaha steak burgers. Dad's going to love this. 100% money back guarantee. That's right. Unconditional. Just like dad's love. Dads want steak package right now. Visit omahasteaks.com. Type in Benson right there in the search bar. Omahasteaks.com. Type in Benson. Dad's going to love it. He'll probably barbecue with you. And you can have a little bit of as well. Oh, making memories, kids. That's what it's about. It's a new package from omahasteaks.com. Limited times. Dadswantsteaks.com. Get it now. Keyword Benson. Deep states? Uh, no. Deep doo doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about out there in the world. Um, just real quick, I do want to play a little bit of audio of uh, something that I think is tremendously interesting. And I don't know why this continues to happen. People seem to love it, though. Uh, Nick Castellanos is a uh, Major League Baseball player who seems to have a unique knack for hitting a home run while broadcasters are talking about an important issue. I don't know again why uh, this is something that keeps happening, uh, but it's something that apparently is is just a a skill set he wouldn't know. Uh, it's it's called the uh, Castellano's curse, <laughs> I believe. Uh, but what I think is so interesting about it again, there's audio going viral of it happening yesterday. Uh, a home run while the broadcast is talking about the importance of Memorial Day. Here we go. Ultimate sacrifice. Castellanos rips one to deep left field. It is gone. <laughs> 
solo home run for Castellanos. He's hit in five straight. It's one nothing Bills. If you didn't catch it, the very first part of this thing that's going viral is the, the broadcaster's talking about how Memorial Day is honoring those who are willing to uh, uh, provide the ultimate sacrifice to our country. Uh, that part, important, valuable, not something that I want to make sure you think I'm laughing at at all. And then all of a sudden, home run time. Ultimate sacrifice. Castellanos rips one to <laughs> deep left field. I wonder what this is. I don't know why this is a thing that that amuses so many, but it's just, it's interesting. Anytime broadcasters bring up a serious topic, an important topic, um, one that they uh, probably want to have a couple minutes uh, to talk about, and radio, or at least the world of, of broadcast for uh, baseball is unique uh, because there is downtime that occurs when someone is not going yard. Uh, but for whatever reason, Castellanos seems to be so, so very good at finding those moments and uh, um, hitting one out. Uh, in other news, I saw this, I thought it was interesting. Uh, there is a debate now on a new flavor of Mountain Dew. Um, I actually had a conversation over the weekend with a couple family members about how delicious Mountain Dew is and why it's addictive and why uh, maybe young people, uh, they were both, uh, I think, millennials or Gen Z, uh, and I'm a millennial who loves the Dew, uh, why they think, like, why are we so uh, indoctrinated by the world of Mountain Dew? Uh, but there's a brand new flavor that I think is is terrible, uh, and it's going to uh, test the devotion of many fans of this uh, this soda, a pickle-flavored Mountain Dew is going to be hitting shelves in the near future. Uh, other flavors, apple cinnamon, elderberry, huckleberry, s'more-flavored Mountain They're just out of flavors at this point. They're just throwing anything in the bottle along with sugar and caffeine and hoping that people love it. But pickle-flavored, that's the worst. Um, and I have a couple family members, uh, one actually being my wife, who love pickles, who will eat pickle-flavored chips, who love pickle-flavored anything. I, you got to explain it to me. I don't get it. Uh, go to the Craig Collins show on Facebook or the Chad Benson show on Facebook or tweet at Chad. I like when people tweet things to Chad. He has no context as to why they're happening uh, when I fill in for him. Explain why pickle flavoring in things other than pickles is enjoyable to you because I think it's an abomination. I think we don't need it at all. I went, I went strong there, uh, but I believe in the things I just said. I, I really do. I think that uh, there is no reason. Uh, to add pickle flavor, not even real pickles. Not that that would be delicious again in, um, in, uh, in soda either. Uh, but neither scenario. I'm just not sure I'm a fan. Um, another thing I do enjoy talking about a lot, uh, and I don't know why this is, other than I probably have a dad bod. Uh, that's probably why. Uh, a new poll, a thousand Americans asked, are dad bods back yet again? Are they trendy? Are they sexy uh, for this summer? And 70% of women say yes. 70%. Um, this is one of the more confusing things that I see year in and year out. Three quarters of people define a guy who has somewhat fit, but mostly not some extra padding as a, as a dad bod. Um, I'm not sure then that I have it anymore. I'm pretty sure I just have the, the extra padding part. Uh, but I love the idea that the the standard for what is attractive for a man, and I'm not trying to do this woke style, I'm just doing it honestly, uh, is a certain level for a woman, it's very different. But for a guy, uh, we only have to try a little bit. I have to hit the gym probably occasionally for a few uh, days a week, if that, over the summer. And I'll crush the dad bod. I do think this is a lie, though. I will say that quickly. I think most people who answer this question are as entertained by this topic as I am. They say yes. But I guess I'd like to know, and maybe this is what you tweet out, if the dad bod guy actually is having a lot of success with ladies. That's something I'd like to know. Is it real 
or just a social media thing. Quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, One of the narratives that sort of emerged over the last month or so uh, during the conflict in which Russia invaded Ukraine and Ukraine, very surprisingly to many, uh, fought back as effectively as they have. A lot of people say it's because they're a Second Amendment type of country. Uh, That is absolutely true. Uh, But also the conversation about the effectiveness of a Turkish drone or drone warfare in general has been a large part of the assumption as to why Ukraine has been so capable in a war with a country that has two to three times the size of a military and certainly a lot more military capabilities. I know very little about a lot of these topics, so I bring in an expert uh, the expert, a family member, John Colonnais, joins us, a 26-year U.S. Marine Corps uh, intelligence officer, uh, also someone that has been the director of unmanned aerial systems uh, uh, organizations, both for the government and then uh, private companies as well. Uh, John, welcome to the show. Hello, Craig. Thrilled to have you on. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to start with the most simplistic of questions for you, Um the use of drones in warfare is something that's not just unique to the Russia-Ukraine conflict. It's something that we've been been, see, been seeing more and more of, and something that seems to be a way in which uh, countries with smaller militaries can put up significant fights uh, with those that kind of assume quick victory. What is it about drone warfare that is, uh, if it is even true, I guess I could say that too, but uniquely a part of the equation here for Russia and Ukraine, or in general for um I guess, countries that have limited military capabilities? Yeah, so complicated questions. So the most accurate answer would be it depends. But for the sake of the conversation here, um, I'm going to point out uh, some some features or things or deliverables that that asset provides. But why a country is successful or not is going to depend uh, on a lot of variables for every situation. If we're talking about Ukraine, for example, right, the Russians have clearly uh, made a lot of mistakes on their own drone or no drone. But what a drone has provided uh, for years, and uh, the technology is making it better, is it provides a live feed uh, to a, a ground commander, uh, gives him real-time situational awareness, so without putting a person in harm's way, right, putting him in what we would call denied air space, uh, yeah. it is often a lot more affordable, too. And secondly, now, uh, which has become a thing as is developed, it is a fires platform, not just an intelligence platform. So it can do what they say, shorten the kill chain from the point of I observe to deliver a munition accurately on a target. That can happen very quickly with a drone, similar to the way it could happen with a manned uh, fighter jet. 
You know, I have to ask you a question because you mentioned it a second ago, and I know these are complicated questions uh, for you, um, and and you're going to have more than enough information uh, for us uh, to try to understand this. Uh, you said Russia has made a lot of mistakes in this conflict. Uh, do you mind defining what some of those are? Uh, and maybe that's part of the reason, as you said, uh, that Ukraine has been effective with or without drone technology? Right. So, And I'll make it in somewhat of an analogy to what happened in uh, Desert Storm, the first war with Iraq. Uh, there was clearly a lack of understanding or appreciation for maintaining uh, a legit uh, a supply logistical train uh, as they moved towards uh, you know uh, greater distances within uh, Ukraine, and they suffered for it greatly. They could not uh, properly uh, provide uh, proper logistics to that force forward, uh, including communications. When they did that, when they had long trains of on roads of vehicles, they provided a really beautiful target uh, for aerial platforms such as drones. Um, the Iraq, we did that to the Iraqis during Desert Storm. I think we called it the Highway of Death. So uh, that's a perfect example of you know making a mistake and then how that capability with the drone could be used effectively. Have you seen a lot of the different conversations now? I guess uh, the Turkish drone specifically is something that has a demand unseen uh, for a lot of places uh, all over the world. Countries are buying up as many as they can of this type of military weapon. Crowdfunding has actually started to help Ukraine uh, gain more of these specific uh, items, the TB2. Uh, Is there anything about this specific version of a drone, uh, if you're um, familiar enough to share with us, uh, that would make it such a desirable uh, one for countries like Ukraine? Or is there something else about uh, just the, the appetite for uh, this type of, of weapon now uh, and on a world stage? Is, is there any propaganda tied to this, or is this all uh, uh, make sense to you, the, the amount of interest that countries would have in, in this specific weapon? So that drone, uh, from a public view, from a recognition, proved itself uh, when... Azerbaijan and Armenia uh, went to war uh, as of the most recent conflict. The uh, Azerbaijan was very effective and did, uh, quite frankly, many people felt that it was the key to their victory. I can't say that's true or not true, Uh, but there was a lot of commentary that that was the most important element of their victory. Uh, Here's what I can say. It's, it's, clearly meets a certain level of sophistication and reliability. It's proven itself. It is an ISR, an intelligence and a weapons platform. So that goes back to what I said a moment ago. It's not just a camera. Uh, And so it's more than just what we think of a drone, that that there's a lot of technology and sophistication to launch a weapon from that platform and it'd be inaccurately delivered to a target and have an effect on that target. Uh, the, the Turkey is willing to sell it. I'm not being funny. Uh, there are some really sophisticated drones, let's say, by the United States that we're not just yeah. going to sell to anybody. So sure. all uh, and and the co- the country has the ability to manufacture it or third party it, right? So there you can build and design a really sophisticated thing, but you have to have the ability to produce it mass and repeat that process with a certain level of reliability. 
Uh, one last question I have for you on this, and thank you for making some time for joining us. Um, uh, Russia has been talking a lot about laser weapons, uh, whether it's a, a grid of some kind or some sort of mobile system uh, that they would use that could blind orbiting satellites and or destroy drones. Uh, is this something you're familiar with? Is this a, a type of combat we will see more and more in military conflict? Uh, one side uh, maybe trying to utilize drone warfare, the other side having some sort of advanced laser system uh, or is this just a, a position that Russia is taking that uh, may or may not have any actual credibility right now? So I am definitely not a laser expert, and there is high science in that, right? So yeah. lasers, they exist, but when you start talking about uh, having enough power on a laser to accurately shoot that beam greater distances and then have, a partic- have enough energy to have a particular effect on a particular target, that is a very, you know, that belongs with some, you know, somebody with a bunch of PhDs. But to, <laughs> sure. to, to best provide you insight, every tier one peer nation, as we say, cares about lasers because what you have is you have a very uh, accurate uh, point weapon that can have very specific effects. So for years, the U.S. military wants to have an effect like destroy, knock an aircraft out of the sky or on the ground that, um, A, from a cost perspective, once it's built, I'm not, I'm not happening to build more bombs, right? I'm just sure. generating energy. Secondly, sometimes when you're trying to affect a target, you don't have this enormous explosion and create collateral damage by, like, a frag detonated weapon, right? So there are many advantages to this, um, and in some aspects, you want to use it because you can do it discreetly. Uh, you potentially can generate... Uh, or project a laser, have an effect on a target, and the enemy might not know what happened, right? Uh, so there's all kinds of advantages to this, but it's it's high science. Okay. Uh, actually, you know what? I lied. One last question for you, if you don't mind, uh, and I apologize for okay. doing that. Um, do you think that <laughs> drones will be an even more um, common aspect, maybe uh, more significantly so? Do you think there will be large investments in, in drone technology, specifically here or abroad, uh, so that military conflict looks different uh, for years to come. So that investment is already happening. So I think uh, that ship has sailed. It, absolutely. And because I'm, be able, I'm, I'm able to project force power forward and into what we call denied airspace or contested regions, and there's no sure. person. I'm not putting a person in harm's way. What I think you're going to see the emphasis on is there's a, and I won't go into great length for time, there's a difference between autonomy and artificial intelligence. So autonomy has been advancing rapidly where you tell a drone to do something and it does it. And, and, and a human being doesn't constantly have their hand on a control to perform yeah. that function. It does that autonomously. Artificial intelligence is giving it a brain to make decisions on its own. And that is where there's tremendous investment and development. Wow. Uh, I have a lot more questions about that, but I feel like some of those are going to be for another day uh, for several different reasons or maybe for off the air. Uh, that is John Colonnais, a, a 26-year intelligence officer for the U.S. Marine Corps, uh, also someone that has been the director of unmanned aerial systems at SOCOM uh, and someone that has worked in the private sector uh, in this exact same field. Thank you so much for joining us. A quick break. A lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. A Chad, the hardest working guy in all the radio, though, even when he has a day off, he still does stuff. Here he is with a message about MyPellow. 
My pillow has massive discounts right now. Blowout of the my slippers. Incredible. $90 savings. Regular price, $139.98. Yours, $49.98 with promo code Benson. So you're going to want to go to MyPillow.com slash Benson. Let me tell you about it. Took two years to develop these amazing four-tier cushion slippers. All right, you got the MyPillow patented fill, comfort memory foam, patented impact gel, indoor outdoor sole, tons of different styles and colors, super incredible quality leather suede, six-day money-back guarantee, one-year limited warranty. Get yours now. Save big. $90 off your MyPillow slippers. Go to MyPillow.com slash Benson. That's MyPillow.com slash Benson. Check out all the BOGO that's still going on. Buy one, get one free extravaganza. But grab these slippers. MyPillow.com slash Benson. Or call 800-983-4975 today. Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. I am a millennial. I mention it sometimes on uh, the radio shows I do uh, on my own or the radio shows I do places like here. Uh, the reason why I'm mentioning it right now, though, is sometimes I relay messages from family members, specifically my mother, uh, who texts me often. I feel like that's peak millennial. I'm not proud of it, but I do it, and I don't know why. Uh, my last guest uh, in the last half hour on this show was my Uncle John, uh, John Colonnese, who is a, uh, a Marine, 26 years as an intelligence officer, an expert, in my opinion, uh, the word I would choose to use in the world of drone and drone warfare, having worked uh, both for uh, government and private companies about that specific type of, of military weapon. Uh, he has been texting me nonstop, though, since appearing on the show, telling me there's no such thing as an expert. I need to relay to the audience. I need to retract my previous statement. Uh, people have opinions. Uh, people have knowledge. But there's always more to learn. And so Uncle John just wants us all to know that he himself does not think of himself as an expert. Uh, and again, he he actually kind of cringes at anyone who is referred to as an expert. And I did it now. Now it's out there. Now I get to move on in the family reunion or the next time we all get together. I won't get to get yelled at as much. This is very good uh, in a joking way, though. Don't worry. He's fine. We're all fine. Um, I saw this story. I like this a lot. Uh, people who drink coffee every day live longer, according to a brand new study. Southern Medical University uh, out of China. Uh, so I don't know. You might want to uh, double check the findings here. Uh, looked at 171,000 people uh, looking for uh, certain types of diseases, uh, diseases like cancer specifically. Uh, this was actually all done in the U.K., Ultimately, they discovered people who drank unsweetened coffee uh, regularly were 15 to 21 times less likely to die than participants who didn't. Unsweetened coffee is a tough one to get used to. I will be honest, the person who goes black uh, in the world of coffee has probably trained themselves to get there. I don't know anybody. Actually, I'll say this real quick, and then we're going to move on to another uh, tremendously amusing story that uh, producer Phil found for us. Uh, but I don't know anybody that liked the first sip of black coffee the first time they had it. Uh, but I feel like it's a conditioning thing. You do it enough times, eventually you appreciate it. Uh, it's not something that'll get you on jump uh, right away. But apparently it's something that after they study almost 200,000 people uh, demonstrates uh, value. Uh, so if you can switch to, to unsweetened to black coffee in your life, uh, you probably should. Uh, the average age of participants, 56.6 years, uh, looking at people who drank unsweetened, sugar-sweetened, or artificially sweetened coffee, 
uh, the people who drank both those, they said, uh, not doing as well as those who drank the black stuff. Uh, but it is tough. Uh, as I said again, I will admit it, uh, and I hope that I don't lose any man points for that. All right, one other thing. I I, lo- I can't get over how amazing this story is. Thank you again to producer Phil uh, for pointing me uh, in the direction of Sarah Roto, 23 years old. She is in love, and she had to tell all her friends just how in love she was. Uh, not with a guy. Uh, she's in love with an airplane, a Boeing 737 uh, specifically. Uh, she flies on the aircraft as often as she can. Uh, and actually probably is an uncomfortable person to sit next to uh, while on one of those planes. She has 50 replica models of this plane alone. Uh, she calls her Boeing uh, 737 planes Dickie. I, I'm just telling you the words that she's putting out there. Uh, she hopes to get married one day, even though it is currently illegal in her home country of Germany. Uh, she said that her friends uh, understood her. Uh, it was tough for her to, she said, quote, come out as someone who loves airplanes, specifically the 737, uh, but that everybody's been encouraging her now. Uh, And she actually even went a little further. She said what she loves about airplanes so much, she loves the face, the wings, and the engine. They're so sexy to me. That is an exact quote. Uh, One piece of bad news, I guess, for her Boeing 737 boyfriend, Dickie, uh, she has been in a relationship before with a train. She's not sure that she's totally (laughs) over trains, but right now planes is where she goes i don't know if if uh automobiles ever get in there i would love for them to somehow be part of the conversation at some point in the future um and i don't know exactly if i should have said that the way i just said it a second ago but we'll live there we'll be in that world now together um sarah good luck to you i would say that that i know the world can be a tough place i know that a lot of us aren't woke enough uh, to get to all the different types of love that exist out there or all the ways in which they happen uh, but you, your uh, Boeing 737, and the I, the, my favorite part of the story is that she tries to, to book tickets and fly places for no reason other than to be on the airplane that she loves so much. Again, has to be the most awkward person to sit next to. A quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, Let's do this, though, actually. ABC uh, over the weekend, uh, this week, and then actually also CNN. uh, Both uh, John Carl, I think, has been doing this more recently uh, than most, though. Uh, Both continue to admit that the problem is definitely uh, within the administration or the problem. uh, The things we've seen, uh, inflation itself, whatever it might be, have all coincided. That's Carl's point. Uh, with Biden becoming the president of this country. So how do those two things connect? Uh, how are those two things relevant together? Well, uh, a lot of us, certainly on a, on a side of the political aisle, uh, can answer that question quite easily. But here's the first of the two pieces of audio. Uh, this one is ABC's John Jonathan Carl saying, hey, when we look at the trend upward, we have a start point. And that start point is Biden day number one in office. Although if you look at the numbers, uh, inflation 
really started to rise almost exactly when 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 Biden came in the White House. Now, now yeah, obviously well that, that argues my point, uh, uh, doesn't it? But 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 look, look at the, look at this chart on gas prices uh, just since February. If, if you look at the I mean, it's it is a. It is a shocking increase that, do, you know, does by the way, since you can't see the chart uh, since February, the price of gas has gone from three forty six to four thirty five nationwide. It's actually uh, gone even higher than that and is trending closer and closer to a five dollar national average, uh, which is crazy. But again, also CNN uh, then says that, wait a minute, maybe some of Biden's policies on gas, specifically on oil, have caused part of this cost problem. I love that it takes them until uh, now, uh, just before June. Uh, to be like, hey, wait a minute. Are these things connected like those conservatives, those dirty conservatives have been talking about for a while? Did somehow the U.S. Uh, producing less oil have an impact on the cost of oil and gas? Uh, here's the audio. Road trips are going to be way more expensive this summer. We now have nine states where the average is $4.90 a gallon or higher. The latest being Arizona, Illinois, and New York. California now stands at six fifteen a gallon. As Pete mentioned, the national average Four sixty-two a gallon. That's up forty-four cents from a month ago. The problem is that supply just cannot keep up with really strong demand as people travel more. The U.S. is not producing as much as it used to. Neither is OPEC. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. What was that? The U.S. is not producing as much oil as it used to. So prices have nowhere to go uh, but up. Is the complete thought there on CNN uh, specifically? And then I do like the fact when they highlight the uh, states that have the highest uh, gas prices, uh, places like New York, Illinois, California. Uh, that these are states that are run by, well, uh, Democrats. Uh, I know there are states with big cities in them as well, uh, but there's some unique connection there as far as how ridiculously high uh, these gas prices go. So th this, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make uh, with all of this, is that if you are uh, the type of leader uh, who gets into office, by the way, um, you know what, uh, aside, and I'll get to this in a second after I finish my other point, uh, there is a interesting article about Biden and his growing frustration uh, with people in his administration being willing to correct the record on all kinds of stuff right after he says anything. I'll get to more of that in a second. Uh, but if you're the type of leader who promises something on the campaign trail, uh, that is that you're going to go after oil and gas. You're going to make it harder and harder uh, for them to have the types of uh, success that they've had before, or even just the creation of product that they've had before. And on day one in office, uh, through executive uh, order, you do a lot of things to hamper oil and gas, to do things like uh, add additional costs to methane gas emissions specifically. Uh, obviously, you start to reject or make it much more difficult uh, to get the license to drill in certain areas, uh, whatever they may be. If through uh, mo movement after movement or, or decision after decision, uh, you hamper the production of oil and gas in our country, the price will go up. Uh, that is uh, easy for you to connect those dots together. Uh, what's interesting, though, is the, the lack of uh, foresight to see the other ways in which gas would be uniquely impacted even more. Uh, Europe is now going to ban Russian imports of oil, or they're going to do it um, a little more quickly than they had previously offered to do it. Gas price is going to get even worse. Uh, Joe Biden, this administration, put us in the unique scenario to be exploited as badly as we are by whatever additional impact on already growing gas prices exist uh, because of the Russia invasion of Ukraine. It's not a Putin price hike. You know that, and I know that. But beyond it, any additional add in cost is coming from the already weak position uh, we were in. And then as far as inflation goes specifically, 
uh, beyond any version of that happening because of the amount of demand in society, because of the blank checks the government wrote to every American uh, that created this surplus of of money uh, that probably didn't go the places it was supposed to go and instead went to buying stuff. Uh, when uh, gas is expensive, when transportation of product or even creation of product in factories uh, becomes more expensive throughout the world or throughout our country, guess what? Prices of stuff goes up. All of these things are connected together. Uh, this administration, there's even an article out that they uh, uniquely did not anticipate uh, things to get anywhere near as bad as they did. But of course, oh yeah, no, they got real, real bad. Uh, but anyway, to go back to the NBC News article that I'm talking about, Inside a Biden White House Adrift is the topic itself. It is the article. Uh, there is conversation about how President Biden uh, is becoming more and more frustrated uh, by the idea that anything he says and does, uh, that his staff think, oh, that was wrong. Uh, they go ahead and correct it on their own. What does that say? I'm just going to be honest. And I understand if it actually is true that this president has a frustration with that type of behavior. But what does it say about the amount of respect those who were closest with this person have for him? Uh, there is a growing uh, whisper, I guess, that maybe some internal staffing changes uh, will be made in the near future. Uh, maybe uh, some of those people will be out, uh, people who have been doing stuff like this before or, or uh, more recently, especially when they're the unnamed members of the White House staff. Uh, but if you are someone that works closely and let's just let's put it in the, the context that most Americans actually exist within. Uh, let's say that you uh, are someone uh, who works for a boss that you're pretty sure is terrible at their job, but somehow the company is still successful. In this case, that wouldn't be true. Uh, this administration has failed time and again as a whole. Uh, but let's say the company is still is still operating uh, and you still have a job because you and other members of the team have decided to go ahead and work beyond the capabilities of those in leadership. That's what I think is happening with this administration. I think that the, the sense of, you can call it entitlement, you can call it whatever you want, but uh, a need to course correct someone that they don't sound like they respect. It is a respect issue. Uh, we talk about it often on a, a international scale, uh, maybe just a national scale with the approval ratings being what they are. Uh, if other countries don't respect our president, if everyday Americans have less and less faith in or respect in our president, that is one thing. And that happens for a variety of reasons. But your own internal staff having this degree of disrespect for you is uniquely worrisome. And I don't think it gets better, by the way, uh, with the other people that are potentially um, options if Biden steps down at some point or steps away and doesn't run again. Uh, Kamala Harris has had mistake after mistake uh, in which even if she's given one opportunity to speak on one specific issue, seems so unprepared that she says the same thing 11 times. We have multiple versions of her repeating a sentence, maybe trying to change it a little bit, but doing it again and again and again. And my uh, reaction to that is that she was certainly underprepared for the moment she's been thrust into. If you're someone who's hungry, who wants to usurp the guy in charge, the way you don't do it is by not preparing for the moments when you're on the grander stage. And then also the other individuals, I think that they've they've whispered about being potential options. Pete Buttigieg, uh, he has said some strange things as our transportation secretary and certainly another person with close connection to one of the biggest challenges we face right now in our society. It's just so interesting uh, the way in which this this article goes, or maybe some of the excuses even presented, uh, things like this administration has faced a unique amount of challenges, 
unexpected challenges, difficult challenges to navigate. I don't know if I think that's true. The border is something that can get better, did get better uh, with the last guy in charge than it is right now. There's a way to succeed there. Afghanistan is something that you could have done better had you taken more time to do it and you just didn't care. Uh, Hitting oil and gas companies as hard as you did and not pulling back as much as you should or allowing to ramp up production to a to a degree that obviously we're not seeing right now. Yet another um, accidental uh, failure to some. But to many of us, it looks like a willing shot in the foot. Uh, and then also even just baby formula as the most recent example yet again of a challenge that seems to have just been mismanaged, mishandled. You know about something in February. You do nothing until May. It gets way worse. And then you claim that you didn't know uh, this was going to happen. That doesn't look uh, bad for anyone other than you. You're the one who looks like you're having the struggle uh, that makes you inappropriate for the gig. Most Americans, I now feel this way about the commander in chief, not just his staff. Uh, That matters. All right. One other quick thing. And I just want to do this quickly uh, right up against a break because, well, it's the most appropriate way to do it. Uh, There is a woman on 90 Day Fiance. I guess she's one of the stars there. I don't watch this show. I have seen a lot of people on social media saying how much they love it. Her name is Stephanie Maddow. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, She has a unique side business she recently bragged about. She's 31 years old. Uh, It's an odd side business, so maybe it's a moment for earmuffs if there are kids in the car. Uh, She makes $5,000 a day selling her sweat in a jar Uh, That's gross already, and I'm sure I already got you to a place where you're like, I don't want more information, and yet I'm still going to give you a little more. It's not just any sweat. Uh, It's boob sweat, uh, which to me, (laughs) at this point, I'm now very happy I'm up against a break. She says it takes her about 15 minutes to produce a full jar, which is one of the things I wish I didn't say out loud, and especially not on a radio, Uh, usually while she's lounging around the pool on a sunny day. But as I said, $5,000 a day, uh, once again, demonstrating that men are morons. We are we're the dumbest people uh, and we do dumb things. And I can't imagine anybody out there is bragging about this, this item that they purchased uh, from this. Uh, I don't know if she's actually famous, but but semi-famous uh, 90 day fiance star. And on that note, oh, look at that. Uh, we have to have a break. Uh, that's what I'm being told. Uh, Chad, though, Chad Benson, the hardest working guy in radio, even when he has a day off, he's still doing stuff. Here he is with a message about Rough Greens. My dogs, Doodle, Bowie, and Red, are part of my family. Making sure they have everything they need to live a healthy life is very important to us. When I learned about health issues related to my dogs not getting the right nutrition, I was concerned, and that's why I am a proud customer of Rough Greens. Dogs need live nutrition just like we do. But here's the problem pet parents face. For dog food to last, it needs to be shelf-stable, and that means it has no live nutrients. The result is your dog's food is dead food. Sometimes itching and scratching, lack of energy, digestive issues, they're not medical issues at all, but more likely they are nutritional deficiencies from eating dead food. I've worked out a special offer for my listeners. Rough Greens is going to let you try it before you buy it free. Just cover shipping and get your free bag of Rough Greens today. Visit ruffgreens.com slash Chad or call 833-MY-DOG-77. That's 833-MY-DOG-77. Rough Greens, they make any pet food better. Roughgreens.com slash Chad.
no need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist! There is no corona! But hurry, before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh my gosh. (gasps) I kind of like it, I'm not going to lie. This is The Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Uh, Lots and lots of stuff to talk about uh, that's actually valuable to you uh, today, and we'll get to more of that in a minute. Uh, What a great setup to this conversation. I love when stuff goes viral, and then uh, whatever the news organization, Newsweek in this case, uh, quotes the people who say stuff on social media, because none of these are real names. Uh, All of these are just uh, usernames that people have. Uh, But anyway, one guy uh, tried to trailblaze in the world of dating, Uh, well beyond the way many of us ever would attempt to do. Uh, Not only is he apparently successful on the dating apps, uh, successful enough, in fact, to have matched with 60 women uh, somewhat recently. I'm not sure exactly how long it's been. Uh, But this guy, and he's referred to by his username uh, in this story, DHM2293. I need real names, people. I can't keep doing that. Uh, This guy invited all 60 women to a Memorial Day barbecue. Uh, He figured, hey, why not? Uh, Some of these conversations had trailed off. Uh, Most of these people probably had no interest in showing up to the barbecue, but why not? It might be a bunch of fun. Uh, He even got um, interviewed by Newsweek and said that his goal uh, was to have a good time, but also survive. 60 women that at one point said yes uh, to the idea of dating him. I don't know how many actually went on dates with him, uh, but he just decided to invite them all. I'm not sure again how many showed, uh, but I love the idea of trying. Um, to make something as difficult or as interesting for one human as as possible on a holiday. Uh, some of the other people who commented that Newsweek deemed worthy of quoting uh, also, as I said, have usernames, Deep Eggs. One of the people said we need more updates on this story. Uh, Browser Daughter 18 uh, 1981 said, set up a live stream, please. I will cancel my other weekend plans to watch this in motion. Uh, and Smitten Kitten 1 uh, this is, again, odd to say these names. I'm also going to motion for the stream. Uh, you'll end up on Kimmel when this goes viral. I guess that was her goal. Uh, I'm not going to name some of the usernames that are probably inappropriate. The guy, as I said, uh, was interviewed by Newsweek. I told him they're all hinge matches and that he decided to invite them all out uh, because he just wanted to reignite uh, some of these conversations at the very least. And that might have succeeded uh, even if people didn't actually show up to his Memorial Day barbecue. Uh, I love this story, though. And again, his way to trailblaze in the world of dating. Uh, In other news, I saw this on social media. Uh, This is specifically on Reddit. Uh, Someone went viral. Uh, Their name, again, username, Sandy, uh, 2994. Man, I butchered it. Uh, Look at me getting her name all wrong. Uh, She apparently no longer allows her husband, this is real, to use internet in their home. The reason why, she pays for it. Uh, She said, until my husband, who recently lost his job in retail uh, because he's a narcissist, apparently, or he had a narcissistic boss, uh, maybe there was a clash there, uh, but he lost his job a few months ago. Uh, Until he gets a new job and starts footing the bill for something, at least specifically the internet, uh, he's not allowed on it. I will say a couple things about this story. Uh, The internet, uniquely supportive of this woman and her decision to uh, not be willing to float the man along uh, while he looks for his next gig. Maybe he's taken too long. If the roles were reversed, if a man was doing this to a woman and acknowledged it on the Internet, 
vitriol would ensue. Uh, the the attacks of that guy being a sexist or someone uh, from a bygone era that no longer exists. All those things would be the way that we react. I'm not trying to defend the guy. He probably should get a job and help pay some bills. Uh, but at the same point, I just know the way the reaction would go if if the sexes were flipped here. Uh, but most people, as I said, uniquely supportive of not being allowed on the internet. Um, you got to find ways around it, man. Uh, that's the other thing I'm going to say. You got to find a job. To find a job, you usually got to get on the internet. So you're going to have to sneak the internet at points when the missus is at work. Uh, that's my tip to you specifically, sir, who I don't have a name for. Uh, but I guess they had a confrontation a few months ago that ended in, if you don't pay, you don't get to play. Um, man, oh, man, uh, what a horrible life uh, that guy is living for multiple reasons, including now the viral comments about his uh, his home access to Internet. Uh, one last one that I found that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, this one just viral on social media. I might have to put the photo up for you to get better context on Facebook.com uh, slash Greg Collins show or the Chad Benson show on Twitter. Chad Benson show too. follow him there. Uh, this guy got a coupon for, I think, Del Taco, and it expires 162106. Uh, he recently located it. He might have forgotten about it for a bit. He shared it online. He guarantees uh, the people that followed it that the uh, local store will honor it. So, man, you got a recession-proof item right there, buddy. Hold on till 2106 for that free drink with a purchase of an epic burrito. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of things to talk about. Not all of them. Uh, things I'm thrilled to talk about, though. Uh, first, I want to play some audio from Fox and Friends this morning. Uh, the hosts were talking about these copycat crimes you might have heard about, or at least copycat threats of crime uh, after the horrific Uvalde shooting last week. Uh, several different young people, uh, some of them 18, so adults, some of them as young as 10 years old, uh, made reference to, mostly on social media, uh, committing a similar crime. Uh, one, the 10-year-old uh, who was arrested by police uh, took a photograph of actual guns, uh, not toy guns, fake guns of any kind, and made a, a comment, um, I guess they refer to it as a joke, about being willing to shoot up his school, uh, the school the 10-year-old attends. As I said, that person arrested and uh, accused of pretty significant crimes. Uh, so anyone else out there who just thinks this is funny, and I don't understand how or why any young person could find any part of this funny, uh, don't make a joke like that. That's my PSA for the day, because it's actually a pretty significant crime. Uh, in the case of one of these 18-year-olds who was also arrested, uh, they took a photo of, of guns and put a quote up uh, asking for directions to a school from their smart device. And when they did that, um, they actually took a photo of what aren't real weapons. They were airsoft toy guns, uh, but it doesn't matter. Uh, these kind of things in today's society and certainly after the events of last week, uh, they should always uh, be an important aspect of, of how we prevent this sort of thing from happening. Uh, but here is Fox and Friends, I believe specifically Will Kane filling in on that show, uh, talking about some of these copycat things and not understanding, as I don't either, 
what the mental illness is, the sickness is, the problem uh, for young people. And I, I do think social media, since this is where all these people chose to do this and where even the the shooter in the Uvalde situation last week, the Uvalde uh, horrific uh, uh, event that happened last week, put a bunch of things up on social media themselves. Uh, so here's Will. Than the gun. Look at these threats. What's going on? What's going on with young people? And I just asked this morning because just anecdotally, it was starting to add up to me, accumulate. And in the past, what's it been now? A week? A week, last Tuesday. It, 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 this 10 credible threats across the United States of kids threatening to do something to shoot up a school. And they, they go from, from Massachusetts to California. They're all across the country. Is it overly simplistic? I will ask this question knowing you can't answer it. Uh, to say that these these credible threats from these kids are doing this to some extent for attention. I wouldn't say in, in total that all it is is a cry for attention or, or even to use the word cry. I, I don't know if they want help. Uh, I, I believe mental illness is probably a component in all 10 of these cases too. Anyone who gets any joy or amusement out of joking about something like this is not well uh, mentally. Uh, but beyond that, the effectiveness of what they're doing uh, the fact that these are stories reported on, I'm talking about it here, Fox News is talking about it. Of course, people in their own communities would be scared of it. Uh, and the reason that law enforcement would would intercede or, or be involved is because, one, it's a crime, and two, uh, uniquely, we'd be even more fearful of ignoring these signs uh, from individuals willing to do this stuff. Uh, but I do think that social media has played such a large role in these changes in our society, especially for our young people, in what they find to be ways to gain social media attention. Uh, if that's uniquely what they want, or if it is something else, I'm not sure. Uh, or to share whatever version of anger, uh, pain. I'm not sure what the words are, because when someone gets to a, a place that I can't even imagine being in, I think it's more than just anger and pain. I think it's it's uh, mental illness and evil uh, that takes hold by the time you get to the point that that shooter was at last week to actually take lives of children in a classroom. Uh, but a little bit more from Fox News, uh, because I do think it matters that we confront, address, discuss these sort of things. And certainly in the world of fixing this problem, parents are such a tremendous part of the solution. I think it's part of the reason why when we even talked about something as as uh, lower stakes. And I know this sounds uh, bad to call it low stakes, but certainly in this conversation, it is uh, the things going on in schools, the things being taught to children and how the message from some politicians was it's really the teacher's job to determine those things, not the parents. And there was a cry throughout the country uh, for parents to be respected as more uh, involved in their children's lives. I know it's not true of all family situations that that's actually what happens, but that is solution number one. If your kid were to go online and post a threat like this to social media, not only should you know about it, you should be the one informing law enforcement, the one informing whatever medical professionals are necessary to get every level of treatment to attempt to per, uh, put this person uh, back on a regular path. You should be the most in the know, is what I guess I'm trying to say. Uh, as I said, a little more from Fox and Friends. They're always young men, um, and, and they're 18 years old down to 10 years old. I mean, I can, Richardson, Texas, Cape Cod, Queens, um, another in Florida, as we pointed out, Michigan, you name it. This is happening across our country. What sickness, what sickness mm -hmm. is driving this insanity? What sickness, what illness, what um, is causing the insanity itself? And then what is heightening the insanity to a level of it being out there in public for public consumption? And what uh, heightened, I guess, temptation exists 
for these sick individuals to actually even potentially carry out uh, some of these threatened crimes. Uh, does that all come from the magnification that's provided uh, by something like social media and everyone's access to it? I don't know. I fear that. A couple other quick things. Uh, President Biden is set to meet with the Fed chair, uh, Jerome Powell. Uh, this is, I guess, the first time they're going to sit down and have a conversation uh, since uh, Biden nom- uh, renominated Powell. Uh, and since his uh, uh, second term was confirmed by the Senate, uh, I feel like they probably should have been talking far more often uh, than this. Uh, this also actually kind of demonstrates in evolution in the president's way of thinking of kind of leaving the Fed alone uh, and actually trying to push them to do things to impact the uh, inflation issues uh, we have in our country. I don't know if I feel great about uh, Joe's uh, success rate or his ability in a room to command any kind of respect, any kind of attention, uh, any kind of ability to get change from people who might not want to do it. Uh, But the president will be sitting down with the Fed chair at the very least. Uh, The uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial defamation lawsuit and then counter lawsuit counter uh, claim uh, is now in the jury deliberation stage. Uh, The jury, according to many, has a very tough road ahead as far as what they decide to do. Uh, whether they award either individual any amount of money, uh, much less the 50 or 100 million the two people are asking for, and how they actually go about deciding what was proven in the courtroom. I think this is uniquely interesting, no matter what the public opinion is, and that is mostly that Johnny Depp is an innocent victim here and Amber Heard is a liar. Uh, That's what a lot of people uh, feel played out in the courtroom, and I think there's a lot of reasons that that is how a lot of people feel. Uh, But I thought, and I'll continue to repeat this, that Amber Heard's lawyer, however terrible they were at their job, and several people making jokes that maybe she found them on Craigslist, uh, but her lawyer did say that if Johnny Depp, quote-unquote, abused Amber even one time in any capacity whatsoever, defamation is not something that he can win. And I do think uh, through the entire trial and some of the texts read of Johnny Depp's, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that there's a high likelihood this jury will believe that that occurred at least once in some capacity. I don't know what kind. I don't know if any of the stories, uh, as far as specific examples that Amber told, will be ones the jury believes. But I, I do think from a defamation standpoint specifically, uh, no matter how much the court of public opinion has been won by Johnny Depp, uh, that the actual legalese part uh, will be as easy to win. But I don't, I don't even think uh, America cares. And I don't know if Johnny Depp even cares anymore. Both lawyers made arguments. They weren't in it for money. If they were in it for something else, for gaining back their career or their the public perception of them as good people, uh, Johnny Depp won that, hands down. Uh, one other quick thing, the Supreme Court leak investigation is heating up, according to a lot of different sources. Um, clerks have been asked for their cell phone records. Uh, they need to provide the law clerks all of the information with signed affidavits. Uh, three sources of knowledge say that this is an effort that is being undertook right now. Uh, I said this early on, uh, not here, other places, uh, and I'm sure Chad talked about it too, uh, that it w- it usually is rather easy to figure out who leaked something in the world of the Supreme Court because of how small a group of people are involved in it, from the clerks themselves and the Supreme Court justices. The only scenario where we will not actually gain a definitive answer as to who gave this information to the public, how it got leaked, is if one of the justices did it. That is something that is much more difficult, I guess, for us to inevitably encourage the amount of forthcoming necessary to get there. So if all of these clerks wind up innocent, if there's no way uh, to track down which, if any of them, uh, did anything to help share this with the world, 
Uh, then and only then do we get the place where we don't have an answer, but we know of the small group of individuals uh, who have a likelihood of being um, one of them, uh, the one who did it. And it does say something, because if one of our own justices is willing to leak things to the press now, for whatever reason they'd be willing to do it, you and I probably both think, obviously, for political reasons, uh, it weakens that uh, branch of the government substantially, substantially so, uh, to think that they would no longer be capable of having candid, uh, real conversations without thinking that any of those could be shared publicly. Um, this is a significant time, uh, both for the potential decisions coming out of the Supreme Court over the next month or so, and also beyond that, finding out the answer to the question, who leaked this uh, Justice Alito um, um, uh Justice Alito piece, this uh, uh, this opinion uh, that should not have been made public in any sense of the word uh, early as early as it was. All right. One other quick thing uh, just to mention it, and then we will take a break. Uh, Facebook has been paying a lot of people three hundred ninety seven dollars. Uh, this is after disturbing, pri disturbing privacy breaches were confirmed. Uh, court case. All of this happened. Uh, you can't get in on the money anymore. But I saw a lot of people share on social media that they were getting their money. Uh, at least $345 this month uh, for collecting data without consent of users. Uh, Facebook users, specifically in Illinois, were part of a seven-year class action lawsuit uh, that is getting them money, getting them cash. As I said, as someone who actually lives in Illinois, I've seen a lot of these mentions on social media, and I feel like an idiot that I didn't sign up to get my free cash uh, from Facebook. I actually thought a lot of it was a scam for a bit. Uh, but this is something that might keep happening, and you might see uh, different lawsuits in other places accusing Facebook of the same privacy breaches. Uh, so I would encourage you to be on the in on the know if you're not in Illinois, uh, somewhere else that might go after this, uh, and sign up for it and get get access to it. Uh, because well, you might wind up someday having 400 extra bucks, uh, not from the government, but from the giant organization that is uh, Facebook. Uh, all right, a quick break. A lot more coming up. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson show. I think I'm going to talk about the metaverse uh, to keep Facebook conversations going after this break. Uh, but first, Chad is the hardest working guy in radio. Even when he takes a day off, he still does stuff, which I'm uh, impressed with so many things by Chad Benson. This is one of them. Here he is with information about the presidential election project. So I've been working with this great organization called presidentialelectionproject.com. Go check them out. Presidential election project. And I'll tell you what, it's amazing. We do not want to see a repeat of 2020. People screaming at Mike Pence to do something that he couldn't have done. The reality is the Electoral Count Act of 1887 is too vague. How about work with Presidential Election Project and find out how we can clearly define the role of the vice president, ensure that the role is beyond questions. Everything's clarified. The role of the VP should be made clear, period. Case closed. End of story. States should do their jobs timely, deciding election results. Congress should respect each state's lawful results. Find out all the amazing work they're doing by going to presidentalelectionproject.com now. Learn more. Take the first step in ensuring that Kamala Harris, she can't do anything, and neither can any other vice president. And don't ever put them in a position to have to make that kind of decision. No, no, no. That's presidentalelectionproject.com. Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Are you thinking of Hitler? Who's Hitler? Vaccines work, but only the Chad Benson Show is 100% effective against stupidity. Do you know what D-Day is? 
D-Day. In person, a rapper? God, Karen, you are so stupid. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite woke-free podcasts. This is The Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins, thr- uh, filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to share this. It's a, um AP article that I, I can't help find, uh, as interesting as it is. Uh, First Lady Jill Biden, Dr. Jill, as some know her, even though it's not a medical doctor, that's not what her doctorate is in. It's an education. Anyway, uh, Dr. Jill uh, said that she doesn't fight with her husband in person. Uh, they don't get in arguments as, as regular people. Uh, Joe Biden, our president, President Biden, who hid in his basement while winning uh, this office, even hides in a basement and texts his wife when they're in a fight. Uh, they said it's because uh, they actually don't want to get in fights around um, Secret Service agents. Uh, but apparently they call it fexting, fight texting, uh, which is something that they get into often. Uh, on one such occasion, I guess uh, the president's response to something that Dr. Jill, uh, Jill Biden, uh, not a medical doctor. I don't know why I keep throwing that out there, but you should know. Uh, uh, said to him, uh, his response back was, you realize that's going down in history. Uh, there will be a record of that uh, out there in the world. And she refused to actually tell the person interviewing her from the Associated Press uh, what she actually called him in the text. Uh, but that stuff does get recorded as presidential <laughs> communication. I find that interesting. You can't even fight the misses. And yet we expect you to go in and deal with the uh, Fed chair, go in and deal with other countries, uh, have several different conversations uh, that we hope for best results. Uh, but you got to text Dr. Jill to try to figure out a fight there. Um, that's not good. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, I saw this. Have you ever read the headline to something? Just an open question. Answer toward the radio if you can. I can't hear you, uh, but I'd appreciate it if you do. Have you ever read the headline to something where some expert is trying to say that somehow this is a good thing and all you actually read were words of horror? You react to every part of it like that's that's the scariest thing I've read in a while. Uh, apparently, an artificial intelligence expert said in the next 50 years, digital children will be commonplace. They called them Tamagotchi kids for anyone that remembers that toy growing up, uh, which was a pet, not a human. Uh, virtual children will exist in places like the metaverse. They will cuddle with you. Uh, they will play with you. They might even look like you. Uh, this is something that will take place in the next 50 years. Uh, this expert said all of this will, quote, help combat combat uh, or uh, help combat, excuse me, overpopulation. I don't know how to feel about this other than horrified. If anyone uh, winds up being so connected to the metaverse, to digital life uh, that you have a fake kid in it, uh, I think actually, you know what? This is actually hilarious. That's sort of the premise of the new Marvel Doctor Strange movie is that someone, I won't tell you who, which character, gets very mad about the fact that she doesn't have kids that she thought were were real, but they weren't. Uh, and then she goes on a rampage and kills a bunch of people in a movie. Um, that's the world that this AI expert is saying will exist for a lot of people uh, where you cuddle with and interact with a, a fake digital child and then get even more wrapped up in Zuckerberg's metaverse or whatever it might be. Uh, just a quick PSA. Don't do this. I guess that's all I want to say about the idea of this, uh, the the existence of this in the world. Do not have uh, this become a thing. Please, please don't. This expert needs to go away, as does the idea. A uh, quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show.
independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be here. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Just first, a quick thing out there in the world, uh, something that I guess is being um, shared around on Twitter. I think actually Politico might also have a story about this, too. At least 21 black staffers for the Biden administration for this White House have late have left their job or plan to leave their job soon in what many uh, within this White House are calling uh, blagsit. Uh, B-L-A-X-I-T. Staffers who remain describe a work culture with little support from superiors and fewer chances for promotion. Uh, There's been a lot of conversations about different um, uh, ethnic groups, different minorities, whatever you want to call uh, the groups of individuals uh, who are losing their support for the Democratic Party in general. Uh, Black voters, uh, Hispanic voters, uh, all different kinds of demonstrations of uh, ways in which the the feeling is that not a lot has been done that was promised uh, to these um, um, different groups of people within our country. Uh, I think it is interesting to see that staffers are also leaving their positions uh, because they feel as though there is some ceiling that exists there. Uh, woke culture is something uh, that, in my opinion, especially in the world of politicians, is used to to get favor from voters more so than something that ever actually happens in the real world, whatever it might be uh, that they talk about. Uh, when they have these conversations, they do it as disingenuously as humanly possible. Uh, one other quick thing about the administration, and then I'm, I'm going to move on to something going on in Canada, uh, but uh, President Biden's brother, James Biden, or Jim, as he's known to a lot of people, uh, recently, the Washington Post published a lot more information uh, that we have about some communications uh, that were found on the infamous laptop. Uh, James or Jim Biden actually once sent a message to Hunter, a message that, as I quote, uh, says, you need to call me now. Uh, this was in October, October 1st, actually, of 2017. This is from Jim Biden, uh, President Biden's b- brother, to President Biden's son, Hunter. I uh, just got off the phone with your father. We have the two biggest days of our business life in front of us. Lots of exclamation points there. It must be very exciting. We must be smart or everything could go up in smoke. Please call me. You must remain calm. Timing could not be worse. Calm and measured. Paybacks can come later. This is a message that was sent from the brother. uh, And some people, a lot of people might already know about this because this reporting uh, happened before, just not in the Washington Post. Uh, not in a place where more and more people on the side of the aisle uh, that I guess wanted to ignore this whole thing as Russian disinformation uh, now respect some of these news organizations out there. Uh, But the fact that things like this exist, and this is still a lowly talked about topic, in this message, it's about as damaging as humanly possible uh, if all of this winds up to be proven out to be true to whatever extent it still needs to be. Uh, referencing talking to your father, uh, which, of course, is is very clearly our current president, um, then in between uh, office, I guess, after serving as the vice president for eight years. Uh, the two biggest days of our business life are in front of us. And the most important part of the message to me, we must be smart or everything could go up in smoke. Every part of this feels as though opportunities are created that all involved knew could have tremendous amounts of scrutiny and or be thought of as as fully illegal uh, existed in this world. This is my perception. Uh, This is not something I can I can confirm 100 percent. But just the idea that all of this is is as kind of not in doubt in the world of the individuals who are doing this sort of stuff. And yet our society still doesn't run with this as one of the biggest stories of the day. 
uh, that the brother and son of the current president uh, utilized positions of power that he was in throughout his political career to gain access to shady, shady business deals with foreign companies. How is that not a bigger story? Uh, what amount? And this is just to the journalists, the media out there that gets accused of being fake news all the time and puts up their nose to it, gets mad uh, for integrity reasons that how dare you uh, call us that, sir? Why aren't you attacking this story more? At least the Washington Post is now. Why aren't you going after all of these details in the same way? How can you continue to pretend that you are of the same ilk of the news organizations of yesteryear, the news organizations, the Walter Cronkites that all of us remember so fondly, if you still ignore stories based on nothing more than, I assume, arrogance, that you got it wrong once and now you can't admit it to yourself or your news team? All right, a couple other quick things I just want to hit on, uh, things that are far less serious. Uh, I like to talk about as much as silly as I can, as often as I can. Uh, did you know that going on a walk, a power walk specifically, for 10 minutes a day, according to a brand new study, could lengthen your life? Uh, 10, 20, or 30 minutes, I guess, if you want to really push it, uh, can lower mortality rates by 7, 13, and 17 respect, uh, percent, respectively. Uh, the research is based on Americans aged 40 to 85, uh, Americans who wore little uh, wristwatches or other things that counted your steps. Uh, in doing so, the potential public health benefit of just walking around tremendously large. I have lived in bigger cities in my life and I've lived in smaller communities in my life. Of course, the bigger cities you live in, public transit, so easily accessible uh, and something that you probably walk to a lot if you choose to take that and not drive around. Uh, more, uh, depending on, I guess, what city you live in, how good that public transit might be is, is all over the place. Uh, but I did find just in my uh, life at times uh, when I would uh, be someone to simply do that, uh, the amount of health benefit couldn't be couldn't be uh, um, you know quantified as as anything other than tremendously valuable. And when you live in smaller communities where maybe walking around isn't something everybody does all the time, you get looked at funny uh, when you actually do it. Uh, outside of just walking in your neighborhood, saying like taking a walk uh, across a busy street to a grocery store, I think some people look at you in these smaller communities like, hey, wait a minute, does this guy even have a vehicle? I, I encourage everybody to do this now. Everybody should walk around 10, 20, 30 minutes, a power walk. Don't do it the silly way, though. Don't, like, swing the arms real aggressively and sh and uh, sway too much because you do you look silly. Don't, don't do that. Uh, just walk fast but <laughs> normal is my opinion, although maybe I shouldn't tell people what to do. That probably wasn't woke. Um, all right, one other quick thing. I like this a lot. Uh, this went viral on social media. Uh, people seem to think, apparently, uh, that this is hilarious. Uh, and it is a, a visual, uh, which in the world of radio, we're probably discouraged from doing. But darn it, I can't help myself. Uh, and then after I talk about this, we'll get back to the, the serious topic, the thing I teased from uh, uh, Canada and Trudeau. Um, a cat was hanging on a door and watching their owner take a shower recently. <laughs> and the owner took the photo uh, from the shower of the little head and the, the paws of the cat hanging on, just kind of watching. Uh, and people love it. Um, tons and tons of reactions. Uh, a whole lot of people um, just thrilled to see a pet concerned, as many people thought, for this person's safety uh, while they were in the shower alone. Uh, the only reason I bring up this story, other than to try to paint the picture of how silly and or maybe uh, adorable uh, some may think that is, is that I recently got a dog, uh, a dog that I mentioned way too much on the radio things I do now. Uh, my puppy is seven months uh, old at this point. And I have found uh, for the first time in my adult life, after having uh, pets growing up, but not uh, owning one as an adult, 
that my dog does like to be in every room I'm in, even if those rooms are ones like the bathroom at all times. And I know every dog owner is like, yeah, basic 101 stuff here. I was not sure I was totally prepared for that. And I don't really know how to handle it when the dog is outside the restroom, let's say, with the door closed, uh, begging me to let her in. And I know she doesn't want any part of what's happening on the inside. It's it's a new frustration, uh, but a frustration I can deal with as a guy who uh, is very happy uh, with my my new puppy. All right, I want to move on. This is one other serious thing because uh, I should probably give you one of those, and then we will take a break. Uh, Justin Trudeau was recently asked about the handgun freeze uh, going on in Canada, something that was recently announced. Uh, he said in in reaction to a question that this in no way, shape, or form punishes legal handgun owners, uh, and anybody who says that is spreading misinformation and disinformation, not only is he actually wrong, and not only can anybody uh, worth anything in this debate actually demonstrate to him how he is lying in his answer to this question, of course you are penalizing legal handgun owners, uh, people who do it safely, people who do it appropriately, uh, because you're not allowing them to purchase additional guns or to purchase their first gun if, say, uh, everything they've done so far has been leading up to uh, getting that that um that gun that they would have a right to have. Uh, but you are punishing anyone uh, with interest in this type of thing by freezing all sales of any item. Uh, and the interesting part to me uh, in the audio I'm going to play is the use of misinformation and or disinformation. As we know, after the Ministry of Truth fell apart here in this country, it seems to be a new political move. Uh, new is probably uh, exaggerated, to say the least. Uh, to try to qualify anything you do now, uh, especially to your base, but probably to everyone, as just a a version of, well, criticism of me is misinformation and disinformation. You don't get what I'm saying. I 100% get what you're saying, uh, Trudeau. I understand that what you're saying is anyone who already owns a gun isn't going to have it taken away uh, by a freeze, but you are still penalizing those uh, individuals who intend to use or use other guns they might own legally by freezing their ability to purchase a new ones. Say you had one that that no longer is operable. Say you had one that you wanted to replace for any reason. I don't know what it might be. Uh, there are a tremendous amount of reasons for good people uh, to want to buy a handgun that won't be allowed to do it during the freeze in Canada. I think people need to be careful about uh, misinformation and disinformation in this. We've explicitly and specifically not targeted law-abiding firearms owners because uh, those who currently own and uh, operate handguns safely and store them safely are not at all targeted by this legislation. Yeah, we're freezing all handgun sales of any kind of new guns. Anybody who owns one already got in before it was too late. Uh, yes, you are. Uh, penalizing those individuals, uh, individuals who want to operate a handgun safely and would like to purchase one uh, in the near future in Canada uh, by freezing it. Calling it misinformation and disinformation uh, just takes a complicated conversation, not even all that complicated, to be honest, a barely uh, nuanced conversation and dismissing the other part of the the um, uh, the criticism that might come your way uh, because you are taking a mental step and then refusing to go along with the version of a question that takes a mental step a different way. Trudeau is saying this solely because he's taking no guns away. Uh, he thinks it's misinformation uh, to believe that a penalty or a punishment exists uh, for for legal law-abiding uh, gun owners in his country uh, if they cannot purchase new guns because they already have some. That is a tremendous amount of steps. And then to accuse it of being something that is a hot-button uh, word, I guess, for many, 
uh, is is truly worrisome in several ways. But hey, Canada's not new to this. Uh, they take away the freedoms of the citizens of their country time and again. At least tr- uh, Justin Trudeau certainly does. All right, uh, a quick break. A lot more coming up in a bit. Uh, this is Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Uh, Chad Benson, though, the hardest working guy in radio for a variety of reasons, including doing stuff even when he has a day off. Uh, here is some information he has about my pillow. My pillow has massive discounts right now. Blowouts of the my slippers. Incredible ninety dollars savings. Regular price one thirty nine ninety eight. Yours forty nine ninety eight with promo code Benson. So you're going to want to go to MyPillow.com slash Benson. Let me tell you about it. It took two years to develop these amazing four-tier cushion slippers. All right? You got the MyPillow patented fill, comfort memory foam, patented impact gel, indoor-outdoor sole. Tons of different styles and colors. Super incredible quality leather suede. Six-day money-back guarantee. One-year limited warranty. Get yours now. Save big. $90 off your MyPillow slippers. Go to MyPillow.com slash Benson. That's MyPillow.com slash Benson. Check out all the BOGO that's still going on. Buy one, get one free extravaganza. But grab these slippers. MyPillow.com slash Benson. Or call 800-983-4975 today. Welcome to Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back tomorrow. Just real quick, a couple things. Elon Musk is saying there is a glitch in his Twitter feed or his Twitter matrix, uh, saying that he's not seeing all the things he's used to seeing. He has to scroll down. He has to stop figuring out, or he has to try harder to figure out ways uh, to see things. Uh, He actually said, hey, Twitter, uh, well, actually, a, a uh, super fan of his uh, first tweeted at him, hey, Elon Musk, uh, Twitter is uh, bleeping with you. Uh, dear everyone, scroll down on Elon's tweets and replies and tell me, do they stop loading? <laughs> That's one of the questions. Uh, Elon then uh, said that he's trying to figure out ways, which very much, very strange indeed, I think was the actual tweet reaction to it. Uh, some of this accidental stuff uh, might be happening. <laughs> I think it's interesting if Twitter is trying to wage a secret war against Elon and people are noticing it, it only further and further plays into the reason why it's important uh, that that man buy that social media platform so at least one of them uh, doesn't play these kind of games. All right, some other quick things. Uh, meteor shower forecasts across our country, I guess, left a bunch of people who uh, my, uh, gravitate toward trying to see those things disappointed. Uh, uh, last night, or I think, yeah, I think it was actually last evening, there was an all-or-nothing event predicted by astronomers uh, that said if you were in certain parts of the country, you'd see an amazing phenomenon. But then in a lot of other parts of the country, you'd see very, very little. Uh, most people who went to social media to complain about this said that it was a bust, a meteor shower bust. It sucked. Uh, several other things about it. Worst meteor shower ever uh, is something that actually uh, went viral several different times. So this is just uh, out there to all those who tried. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you guys struggled to see uh, the meteor shower you were hoping to see. <laughs> I don't have more there, as I usually don't uh, try to watch those things myself. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Um, another couple quick ones. Uh, apparently, in the UK, if you post a picture of yourself while on vacation, uh, new experts are saying uh, you have put yourself at risk of not getting any coverage from your insurance company if your home or your apartment is broken into uh, because it would invalidate your insurance. Uh, in that country, this might be something that happens other places as well, uh, demonstrating that you're on a long trip abroad specifically, 
Uh, this would be people who live in the UK, but go to places like the United States and posting several online photos about it around the time you get robbed uh, means that you weren't close enough to your home uh, to be covered by your insurance. Uh, so they said, stop doing that. I don't know if they've met any young people, uh, but most young people are absolutely incapable of doing things like not posting uh, vacation photos while on vacation. So good luck to any insurance company that tries to uh, get people, although they don't care, uh, they'd be thrilled not to. Good luck to any expert out there that's trying to get people to play along in this world because it's it's uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, one last one. I thought this was interesting. I mentioned my uh, pet dog, my puppy, a little while ago. So I apologize. We're going to do a second dog topic before we get out of here. Uh, apparently, a new study, I think this is in Israel, has found ways to uh, interpret the communications specifically of bats using artificial intelligence, uh, using all different kinds of technology. Uh, bats uniquely may be uh, easier to encode than some animals. Uh, but apparently, this this research uh, may one day, and the discovery by Dr. Yasi Yovel uh, is like a magic uh, miracle, is how he describes it, uh, which will allow us in the future to potentially talk to all kinds of animals uh, to break down uh, via artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, the conversations they're having. So we sick our computers on our pets, and then one day they both get smart enough to talk to each other and then let us know uh, what's going on. No way any of this can wind up bad at all, uh, but I am tremendously tempted uh, to know what's going on in the, the brain or the things my dog is trying to communicate to me. I just know every time we've made fun of this or made some sort of joke in, say, a movie, TV show, anything about a dog or a cat who can talk, the vast majority of the things they'll probably wind up saying are not necessary uh, to be heard. Uh, not a whole lot of it's going to be tremendously valuable conversation. Uh, I understand that, but I do, I do have some interest, uh, while I'm also scared of, uh, the machine learning sentence and the technology itself of being able to talk to an animal. Maybe we end on that note. You tell us on our social media pages. Uh, so Chad is very confused when he's back tomorrow. You want to be able to talk to your dog or cat? Yes or no? Technology might one day exist. Greg Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.